0: What do you do when you've learned a lot, but it doesn't feel like it's enough to take action? The answer here, as is often the case, is both and. This is Jews Talk Racial Justice with April and Tracy. A weekly show hosted by April Baskin and Tracy Guy Decker. In a complex
1: world, change takes courage. Wholehearted relationships can keep us accountable. Okay, so I'm excited to dive into this one. It's come up a lot in my work recently, which is why I, as we were crafting some of these talking points and and themes for our episodes and for our Flip the Script resource, uh, this is something that's come up a lot. Uh, And it's come up before too, but it's, I've had a revelation around it recently. Awesome right? So I've heard this o- over a number of years of people. And to me, in some ways, it's sort of tied to the fear of making It's, it's kind of like a slightly elevated version of fear or like a different and either an avoidant or arguably an elevate or a fancier version of I'm afraid, I'm nervous and afraid of making a mistake. It's a way of, it's like an intellectualized version of that. Well, I, I still haven't quite learned enough to take action yet. Right. Um, And so I'm excited to dive into this one. And I think it could be a robust conversation or actually relatively concise. Yeah. And right before we started recording, Tracy, you pointed out, uh, I shared with Tracy earlier in the day that we got a call, um, a call. We had a submission from someone recently in response to a prior episode. I don't know if you remember which episode it was, Tracy. Yeah, it was um,
0: season two, episode three, flip the script on urgent action.
1: So on point. Do y'all hear Tracy? Is it so on point? Yes, exactly. Yes. That one. Um, and we got a question. So I'm, uh, from a lovely listener. So, um, and we ask y'all in the form that you fill out, if you want to be named and this person opted not to be named, they wanted to get their question answered. But so that's why we're not giving them a shout out. If you would like a shout out and we select your question, we will happily give you a shout out. Um, but this person wanted to be more discreet, but also wanted their question answered. So, um, so hopefully we can weave that in at some point. But first, I want to I want to wait a moment and just kind of tackle this first. I've been talking a lot in the last couple episodes, so I don't know if you want to start us off, Tracy.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, sure. So I, I think um, the 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 issue that we want to kind of unpack is sort of that posture, that position where folks, especially white folks, might uh, say or think, you know, what I've done some learning. I'm definitely no more than I used to. But I still don't know enough to take action. I'm not ready. I
1: want to make a plug here really quickly. But I think that's also true in a different sort of way with a slightly different balance for a number of people of the global majority. Where um, they might actually be really quite smart and informed, but they're like, I don't have a degree or training officially in DEI work, and I don't want to mess things up for the other leaders. But they do have things to give, so I, I think this is something that, in slightly different ways, cuts across um, multiple groups.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and I think the reason I was thinking of pairing our listeners' question about. Um, Flip the script on urgent action episode is because it's the flip the script on urgent action. We talked about sort of feeling like I want to take action right away. And we advised mm-hmm. folks to, you know, take a deep breath and really kind of understand the issue, understand more about the issue and their own um, their own impulses and you know what what needs they're feeling internally before they take action. So our and our so our listeners question was like, yeah, but what if there are urgent social justice issues? Speaking specifically about the current moment, for instance, eviction protections or equitable access to the vaccine. Um like do I have to I don't have to wait on that, right? I mean that was sort of that was I'm paraphrasing her question. Um so I feel like these are sort of they're all swirling together about sort of appropriate action um, given knowledge levels and other things. So, and I think the, all of this stuff is, it's all constellations of this, of some of the same things, but I think I'm going to um, start our unpacking of this with um, a reminder to follow the lead. To follow the lead of the, those who are. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Follow the lead of those who are closest to the issue and therefore closest to the solution. I heard it phrased that way recently, and I love that. I think we often talk about those most impacted, which is absolutely true. But I love reframing it as being closer to the solution. Or, you know, I, I think the problem with urgent action is when, especially white folks, swoop in like Mighty Mouse here i come to save a day when they don't fully understand what it is that they're reacting to and they haven't yes asked,
1: you don't understand yet
0: the folks who they're saving i'm putting air quotes around that for those of you listening um how or even if <laughs> saving is appropriate so um it's so, often not right, right. Spoiler alert. You're always with the spoiler alert. Pro tip. (laughs) Yeah. So I, that's, that's what I want to offer to our listener who asked the question. Can I actually read the full question?
1: Do do you mind? Because I think it's great. And I want to give props to people who are reaching out and I think it will help fill it in the potential blanks for other folks. So this person wrote, I've listened to Jews talk racial justice season two, episode three, flip the script on urgent action. And I think I understand the concept of not rushing into action. However, I'm confused. I don't think you mean that we should wait to address all social justice issues. Example, current issues like eviction protection, equitable access to the COVID vaccine. Until we've fully learned about, explored and continue as a lifelong process, exploring our internal racism as Jews, as white Jews, excuse me, I would very I would be very interested in hearing what you think about this question. Thank you. It was a very it was a very thoughtful question. so shout out to you awesome person <laughs> from North Carolina. So uh, which is my birth date. I will I will claim that but so sorry you were so you were saying tracy
0: no i I think i i pretty much finished my thought that on on that question and on the reverse of it so what was your answer because
1: i don't know if i fully follow the lead
0: my answer is follow the lead follow the lead of um those directly affected who are closest to the solution that means when we're talking about racial justice issues that means follow the lead of black indigenous and other people of color in a Child, nutshell,
1: Latino and Asian heritage folks, especially leaders, yay, progressive social justice leaders, woo woo. Okay, so um, yeah, I mean, basically, I, I think. I think this is a really interesting question, and it shows up in my work often. It shows up in my work as the racial justice advisor of the Jewish Social Justice Roundtable, and it shows up in my work as the executive director of Joyous Justice with some of our clients, um, particularly some of our organizational clients around them taking time to learn different things and beginning to see how much they need to learn. And that's the thing. I think actually in some ways, it's because there's not, I can't, it's hard for us to give you a hard and fast rule here, but to give you a sense of things. If you feel daunted by all the things you still don't yet know, um, I think you're getting ready to be able to take action (laughs) because you understand (laughs) Right. That there's a lot you don't know. Right. The problem right. with a number of folks taking urgent action is they say, oh, I have the specific voice in mind. I don't know why. Oh, there's problems with racism. I know what to do. Right, mighty I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to go in and help. I learned about this in school. No, you didn't. And, uh, and I have a sense of this from the news. That's not a really great source of education about racial justice. So uh, I'm just going to go off of what is commonly available in subtext are still quite racist society and dive in. That's what we want you to avoid. The point at which, um, and specifically around broader themes of racial justice, you know, so in general, like with specifically what this person asked about things around the COVID vaccine or eviction rates, I, I think working with Um, groups who are led by the people who are most directly impacted and or ally groups who have a track record of being phenomenal and people who in on their website or in community space. So this partially takes some time. Their allies say, we love those folks. (laughs) We show up for them. They show up for us. We're in it together. You'll hear things like this, you know, from groups um, around the country. I want to name one, but there are many, so I don't want to, I don't want to pick favorites, you know? So there, there are groups who are earnestly doing this work and you can, you don't have to know everything yet because you're working in in alignment and in, in solidarity with communities that are directly impacted and with their allies who have taken the time to get incredibly informed about this and mobilize their community, such as yourself. So, um, No, no, absolutely. I love your question because no, you don't need to know everything. And that is actually a trick. What I've learned and what I can share with some of my current organizational clients right now is that um, you're going to be feeling uncertain in this likely for a number of years, but you can still be taking action and doing effective work so long as you are aware that this is a long-term journey and you're not deluded into thinking that this is going to be solved by a 5-point checklist or even a 20-point checklist that both the challenge itself is adaptive as well as the adaptive challenges of where your specific community is and what those needs are each community many communities are relatively similar in a lot of ways but the but the specific concerns and textures that that uh, the ways that racism and people's healing process around racism manifests can be a little bit different. And it's important that we are fully present with our communities and leading them in ways that work for us in our context, um, that ideally are also in alignment with broader racial justice movements, right? So, So the point, what I'm trying to get here is that, Once you understand that you need to do your work and that you need to be in relationship, whether personally or through community organizations, um, that's a good place to start. And then ideally it can extend to your personal life um, beyond um, organizing with social justice groups uh, that you work, that you are in accountable relationship to people who are directly impacted. And then from that place, you're taking action to recognize that at first lives within you. And that part of your work is working on eradicating internalized racism, whether you are a person of color or internalized racist um, racial oppression patterns, if you're a white person, once you begin to understand that they're there, They've already lost some power. You still need to do work to work on it. But the fact that you have that awareness, once you have the awareness there and you've started to develop some analysis and you're continuing on that, and you've basically it's and part of what we're talking about is similar to Barbara Love's model around liberatory consciousness, around um, you have awareness, you've started to develop analysis. And you are accountable and you've, you've drawn some lines in your mind of accountability of these are some of the folks to whom I am accountable. I'm accountable to these movement builders. It can, it can even be some authors that you've read. I'm accountable to what bell hooks teaches. I am accountable to this. And I'm also accountable to this leader in my community. I am accountable to this black lives matter leader, or I am accountable to this NAACP leader. I'm naming different politics, and some of what I'm saying for folks who are in this may lean one way or another. I'm not going to, um, you know, necessarily say you know dictate which ones, but but there are various people. This Jewish leader of color has been is leading in my movement um, and comes to this work with years of experience, say as a rabbi. Shout out to Rabbi Sandra Lawson Mazeltoff, right? That right? That like. So you can have both elders in the work more broadly. You can look, you can be accountable to Rabbi Heschel. I would encourage you to go back and read in depth, not just the arguably whitewashed quotes or the simplified lollipop quotes, but what he actually said when he, (laughs) the, the full statement he said to President Kennedy, the full statement he said when he was critiquing the Jewish community and saying... Yes, they got out of they got out of Mitzrayim, they got out of Egypt, but they're getting the same food every day and they have other needs just because they got the right to vote, they also deserve and want a fair wage and safe housing, right? You know, he was very um he was incredibly progressive and brave in ways that are would still are still arguably agitational to a lot of mainstream institutions today. So anyway, so so that model of the three A's of awareness, analysis, and um, and accountability can be very helpful. And then the next stage, and then the, and then that next stage is action. And those are things that it's sort of like a loop; like they can always be continuing to develop. But you have the core framework. Once you have that core framework, where you have a core element of humility and awareness of some places where you need to work and awareness that there are still things that you're not yet aware that, you know, you need to learn so that when you encounter something, you're not just going to dismiss a person of color or do some other thing that you probably should never do, but you might be to be able to approach a moment. And when something comes up, you say, Oh yeah, no, I am still learning. Okay. Right. And, and you can be a responsible person in this work and this, and so I've mostly been defaulting to talk to white folks, um, and i noticed that so i'm not crazy about that right but i often that's that's often who i'm working with in part cuz that's where some resources are work but needs i've also to be worked done
0: too. right
1: but i've also been working but i also in terms of my coaching and mentorship and organizing of Jews of color uh, for the first 7 years of my career and and the coaching i'm doing now these similar themes come up as well it can come up for us specifically at times around Um, a little bit of imposter syndrome, and give delivering value to communities, and not feeling like we deserve to ask for money for compensation. You deserve to ask for compensation if you are delivering uh, value, right? Um, There are some folks like I. Just because I'm, I'm, you know, like this man. Just because somebody is any identity doesn't mean that they're a good spokesperson for something. That's not what I'm saying. But if you are someone who has been in a community for a long time and has been on a board or is leading in some way, and then you are called upon from your leadership position in that context or because of another context to lead, um, I I hope that you will consider it. And also, especially if you're someone with a targeted identity um, in any number of ways, but especially if you're a person of the global majority, we use person of color and person of the global majority interchangeably.
0: Um, but uh, I think you were getting at uh compensation.
1: Yeah. Well, no, I was moving on a little bit to a slight, like a related thing around. Um, all right. Where I was going. So where I was going is, is to say, especially for my beloved, Jews of the global majority, Jews of color, global majority Jews, (laughs) Latino, Latinx Jews, Black Jews, (laughs) Asian heritage Jews, Chinese Jews, Japanese Jews, Vietnamese, you get the point. Okay, so uh, that more and more, I really want to encourage us to continue to reach for support, right? Like we're going to be officially announcing it soon, but we've quietly started our Koach fellowship for 10 Jewish leaders of color. And a big part of why I started that program is to support that we are, that a number of us, and a lot of us are often isolated for reasons that we talked about in our last episode. And so it's incredibly helpful. Um, and in some ways, it's a little bit wise to be reticent to take action. So I want to note for folks who part of it can be, in, in its extreme, it can be cowardice. Um, and at its best, and there's a middle ground, and at its best, it's mindful. And so it's good to be mindful. And and what what I would emphasize is that if it slows you down enough to notice that you're a little bit afraid or there's certain things you don't know, as has already been said, that's a sign to reach for community and also possibly to reach for just another partner, right? Uh, essentially a chavruta, right? or someone like someone who you can do like an activism chavruta, or a leadership chavruta, uh, someone you can reach to and um, go on this journey together. So you're not alone and you get to have each other's back and have support and ideally the support of a bigger community, but if not that at least one other person. So those are some
0: of my thoughts. I just want to wrap us up with two things and then a plug. Um, So the two things are um, both. And I think that that both and could be the unofficial title of this podcast. But I think in particular on this question of, I have a lot to learn and I can take action. Um, Yes. Both. Both are true. I know both are true for me. Um, and the other piece is since I brought Mighty Mouse <laughs> into the conversation, I would, I'm going to circle back to our cartoon um, superhero Mouse and say the Mighty Mouse impulse actually suggests I know what's wrong with this picture. It's that they're not like me. Those people are not like me. So I'm going to go make them more like mm-hmm. me and everything will be okay. Mm-hmm. That's the pro- that's a problem. That's deeper. That is a, that's a problematic impulse. And so if you have learned enough, if you have already learned enough, I'm talking to white folks right now. Um, but if you've already learned enough to know that that mighty mouse impulse is not okay, (laughs) that we need to replace it, that we need to work on, on that particular, um, impulse to make everyone like you, then you have also learned enough to follow, to be accountable, to whether you're accountable, actually, it's not a whether, it's not an either or, it's a both and, accountable to principles and to people. Then you can also hold the both and of a lot to learn and action. What do you have to say to that, April?
1: I love it. I love that. I, I think that's so profound because the thing is we're not the same actually. And maybe many people think that we are. So that's going to be like upsetting. Yes. Fundamentally. Yes. We are all human. Um, I, I could, I could, we, I could go on a whole extra 30 minutes about this. I love this so. I love that thread that you brought in so much so that I hope, I hope people actually heard it. Cause I got so excited. I hope I didn't overly interrupt you. Um, so I apologize. So good though. Oh my gosh. Right. Yeah, but like the thing is because people and in part because of segregation this is something that's especially for white folks um but occasionally for people of color too we we have missed signals and we think certain things are universal being grown up mostly around people like us or people who might be um a I don't like the, I don't like using the word minority who might be an outlier in a community, but they still had to often at times assimilate into that community, which in some ways, both strengthen their identity as someone who's unique and also is still in that ecosystem. Um, anyway, you made a great point and I'm, and I'm tired. So, so I, my, my point final is that resonates.
0: I'm going to, I'm going to wrap this up for the episode with a plug. Um, that I'm, that I'm going to add to the other episode too. And so yeah. I want, I'm really excited to let all of you listeners know that we actually, April and I are, um, are releasing a free three video offering called Moving Toward Racial Justice. which actually, April, I've been thinking about it. We should have called it Moving Joyfully Toward Racial Justice because- <gasps> The joy is an important piece. Tracy, I know it's too late. It's too late, but I'm telling you. No, it's not. We can we can revise it for the third one. (laughs) For the third one, we will add it. But so that, but and those of you listening, you get a sneak peek that we're revising on the fly. That you now know that no one else else knows. Although it, it the content is there. Um. So this three free video. This three offering. Start over. This free three video offering. It's, it's a lot of fun. We had a lot free of free video, offer, three free video offering. Free offering. <laughs> I will put the link to, to the offering in the, um, into the show notes for the podcast. And show I, notes. I hope that you will all come join us for this um, journey. I we've had a lot of fun putting it, putting it together.
1: Yes, we have. It's so exciting. Yay. Yeah. So I, I just really love this theme because I, you know, I think it can have some negativity, but I think it's thoughtful and I think it's good. I think it's a good sign that, um, that you have some humility and that to me, not always, but much of the time is indicative for the most part that you are ready to, um, mindfully enter this work for continually learning and and looking for, and being receptive to feedback and continuing to learn as you go. That's that's all we can, most of us can all do. Um, And I'm excited for your journey ahead. Thanks for tuning in. Our show's theme music was composed by Elliot Hammer. You can find this track and other beats on Instagram at Elliot Hammer. If this episode resonated with you, please share it and subscribe. To join the conversation, visit JewsTalkRacialJustice.com, where you can send us a question or suggestion, access our show notes, and learn more about our team. Take care until next time, and stay humble and keep going.